0: covering all aspects of milwaukee brewers baseball it's time for brewers extra innings the podcast here is your host matt Pauley.
1: it is time for another edition of brewers extra innings the podcast powered by wtmj mobile my name is matt Pauley. great to have you with us We get closer and closer and closer to the start of the regular season as the Brewers are smack dab into Cactus League play. In fact, we're starting to see a lot more of the regulars play in games as well. A lot of excitement. There's been a lot of Brewers baseball on the radio as well. That's always uh, good as well. It's been cold outside. It makes you feel a little bit warmer when you can turn your radio on and I hear baseball before we go any further do you want to take care of our housekeeping items at the top of the program as we generally do if you need to reach me find me on twitter at mattpauley on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air also if you uh want to uh, leave a ranking and a review if you listen to this podcast on apple podcast that would be very 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 much appreciated but not as much as I appreciate you just for being tuned in on an every week basis So, Cactus League play continues on for the Brewers, and here over the last uh, few days, recording this on Sunday night, over the last few days, we've seen more of a lineup that we could potentially see once we get into the regular season. Now, starters are not playing the entire game, and by the time you get to the 6th, 7th, 8th inning, certainly things look a little bit different, but we have seen outside of Ryan Braun, we've seen pretty much every projected starter play in the spring and be out there for a while with uh, a pretty good level of success. People always ask me uh, kind of how I evaluate guys in spring training and what I get worried about and what I don't get worried about and things like that. And to me, it's it's really an inexact science. Um, you, There's some guys that you just don't worry about no matter what. You know what? It doesn't. It, Christian Yelich is putting together a pretty good spring in very limited opportunities so far, but he doesn't have to. If he goes out there and hits 100 in spring this year, I've got no doubt that when the big lights turn on, he's going to be fine. Now, there are guys in spring who are competing for a job, whether it's a bench guy, whether it's a bullpen arm, Whatever it might be, there are guys that are competing for jobs and their numbers matter. Now the Brewers are going to look at them beyond just kind of the, the raw baseball card numbers. Obviously there's some advanced numbers that they're going to look at as well. Uh, but the, the numbers for those guys, the guys who are competing for jobs, matter a little bit more. And I was thinking about this because I was actually uh, I was looking at the box score from their Saturday win against the Cubs, and this isn't me just trying to spin numbers where only good numbers matter, but it it kind of is as well. But stick with me here for a second. Uh, I looked at the pitching numbers. Chase Anderson started against the Cubs, three innings, one hit, three strikeouts, one walk. I thought that's really good. I thought to myself, okay, you know, here's a guy who is fighting for his spot in the rotation. Here's a guy who tweaks some things on his delivery during the course of the offseason. Really good to see him go out and put up good numbers, and you hope that he continues to go out and put up good numbers. So then the second pitcher that pitched on Saturday for the Brewers was Zach Davies. He went two and two-thirds innings, gives up three runs on three hits. Not a good day. Doesn't bother me. Don't care. To, to, there's, there's nothing there that concerns me or worries me. Now, if he doesn't, at some, if if he does that every single time out as spring training continues, as we get closer and closer and closer to the end of March, then you get a little bit concerned. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, good numbers. When people are putting up good numbers, when people are being productive, especially this early on in spring, sure, it means something because they're having success. But when guys are struggling, when guys are not putting up the good numbers, especially this early on in spring training, to me all that means is it's spring. you're you're still working on stuff and I, I'm not overly bothered by it. this is this is not the case of me just trying to, lift up guys and and say that bad numbers don't matter and and be a homer and and things like that, I would say the exact same thing about any team. You know, I look at uh, John Lester got the start in that game for the Cubs and he gave up two runs in three innings. That's not especially good. Doesn't matter. John Lester's going to be fine, and I think you're going to see that uh, as as they move forward. So uh, that's kind of the way I look at things. Good numbers are something to be somewhat excited about, tempered excitement because any number in spring you you say okay this you know who are you facing what what point are you playing in the game all that sort of stuff but if somebody's struggling again especially especially at this point i'm talking to you now on uh, monday march 4th it's after midnight as i'm recording this right now um yeah, I'm not I'm not too terribly worried about the, the bad numbers, especially if they do turn around before all is said and done. All right, this week on the podcast, uh, we've got Kyle Loebner. He is going to be our featured guest during our social media conversation. That's coming up in just a bit, but right now let's get to this week's headlines of the week.
0: It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's headlines of the week.
1: The bad news came on Sunday as relief pitcher Bobby Wall, who the Brewers acquired in the Keon Broxton trade, he has a torn ACL. Uh, Not really an injury that you see pitchers have very often. So now in the last couple years, you've got two pitchers for the Brewers suffering kind of rare injuries. The Jimmy Nelson uh, shoulder injury, diving back into first base a couple years ago, and now you've got Bobby Wall suffering a uh, torn ACL. In all likelihood, he will miss all of this season. There is uh, an uh, an outside chance that he would be able to return late in the season. Uh, As of this point, uh, still waiting on his second opinion to confirm everything. But bad news, as it looks like uh, that's an arm down, a guy who is competing for a bullpen spot and does not look like he is going to be available. Mauricio Dubon has had an interesting spring. He got placed into the hospital with a severe intestinal ailment is what they are calling it. He lost a bunch of weight. He lost a bunch of strength. And for a guy who was competing for a a job this year and someone who, you know, last year before he got injured, he had a torn ACL as well, but last year before he got injured, it really looked like he was within days of probably getting called up to the big leagues. Well, his uh, he's going to be fine, and the strength's going to get back up and everything. But for a young guy like that competing for a spot, losing time is not what you want to see. And then once you get out of the hospital, being forced into a situation where you kind of have to build up that strength and stamina again. So not the greatest situation for him. I mentioned Christian Yelich in our opening segment. Uh, on Sunday, he was able to hit a home run. He hit uh, a double as well and two at-bats. He looks fine. Looks like he's ready to go. No real surprise there. We'll see Ryan Braun get in the lineup. Uh, Braun does not like to play a lot of games. Wants to get just a few at bats to get his timing and then uh, get set. They're being very slow right now with Jeremy Jeffress. He's got some uh, shoulder soreness, so he's uh, he's still throwing and playing catch, but he's not uh, he's not really. It's just more playing catch than actually pitching and throwing. So they're going to wait to get him into uh, some games a little bit. Whereas uh, Jimmy Nelson, he is getting closer and closer. There was that pause in his throwing. Program. I think we talked about it on last week's podcast as he was dealing with some forearm uh, fatigue. Well, uh, he has been uh, throwing a bit in the bullpen. And it looks like he is going to throw a live BP session coming up uh, on Monday. So by the time you listen to this, he may have already done it. He's getting closer and closer to being able to appear in a game. So that's really, really good news for Jimmy Nelson as he continues to uh, come back from injury. And we're still all kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with Nelson this year and what he's going to look like and how much can be expected of him. And we'll finally start to maybe get a glimpse into what that will look like once he's able to get into some spring training games.
0: After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now.
1: Brewers x the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile. It is uh, time for a social media conversation. We welcome in Kyle Obner you can read him uh, at the shepherd express you can read him on the uh, timber rattlers website you can follow him on twitter at by kyle loebner l-o-b-n-e-r kyle always appreciate you taking some time how are you I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I want to start with you. You know, a lot of times when we have these conversations, we hit some of your uh, Timber Rattlers stuff last. I want to lead off with that today because you had a conversation with uh, now Major League pitching coach uh, uh, Chris Hook, who is somebody who spent time with the Timber Rattlers from uh, 2009 to 2011. So you got to watch him uh, work kind of with a front row seat earlier in his career Maybe that gives you a little bit of a different take on him. I, I don't know. What's what is what's your opinion on on what he is going to do and how he is going to uh, work in as the Brewers' major league pitching coach?
2: Well, Chris Hook is a guy that, as you mentioned, I've been working with for quite some time now. He was with the Timber Rattlers from 2009 to 2011. Um, since then, I've seen him. You know, as I've gone down to do fall coverage and in instructional league, it was a lot of my minor league work. Uh, during his time as a roving instructor, he has come through with the Timber Rattlers as well. And really, what you're buying when you buy Chris Hook is just a huge variety of experiences. Um, you're talking about a guy who was an 11-year professional player in a couple of organizations, pitched in the majors for a couple of seasons, pitched in independent ball, um, coached in college, coached in independent ball, has coached just about every level of the minors, um, has been an organizational coordinator. So what you're getting is a guy who has a experience in a variety of jobs, but he also has experience working with just an enormous array of people, um, and we talked about it a little bit in the piece uh, with the Timber Rattlers. I mean, his first pitching coach in the minor leagues was Larry Rothschild, who hmm. was a, a longtime big league pitching coach, um, and he's worked with all kinds of guys, you know, across organizations. And he, he you know, it's a quote in the piece specifically. He mentioned it that he's kind of a little bit of every pitching coach he's ever had and every manager he's ever worked with, and it's a really long list. And so what you're getting in Chris Hook is a, a guy who's had an opportunity to see what works for a huge array of people. Um, and I think, you know, he comes into an organization in a really good situation. Um, frequently when you replace a pitching coach, you kind of have to start from scratch because a pitching coach was let go for cause. Um, that's not the case here. He comes into an organization where they've experienced a fair amount of success recently. He had a front row seat for that for that um, success and now he has an opportunity to try to follow up on it and to kind of try to adapt himself to um, what has already worked for this organization
1: let me throw out my kind of my take on chris hook and see if you agree or disagree i think the brewers have a pitching philosophy i think if you are a good pitching coach who understands that philosophy you're going to be able to work in as chris hook is going to be able to do i'm not worried about that the only question i have on chris hook in direct comparison to Derek Johnson, was I thought... Johnson's greatest strength was the uh, the ability to let guys be their best selves he could identify a pitch to add a pitch to take away a tweak here a tweak there a very individual thing where I thought DJ was so good at putting his hands on guys and making them their best self and that's what I'm wondering if Chris Hook is going to have the ability to do I guess would you agree with what I just said there or would you uh take issue with it
2: I would agree with some of what you said there, but I also think, you know, we'll never know, and this is one of the, the challenges in evaluating coaching staff kind of across the board, we will never know how much of that success that Derek Johnson had was literally him, you know, adding a pitch or removing a pitch. Or giving guys an opportunity to be their best selves, and how much of that was the Brewer's analytics department, um, giving him lots of information about what makes what makes some of these guys effective or what could make them more effective, and then his ability to translate it to players. And Hook in his previous role as minor league pitching coordinator would have had a lot of experience with specifically that. Um, working with the data that comes in through the track band systems and all the minor league ballparks. Uh, learning what makes guys effective and helping tweak that a little bit, I think that's a strength, really. That's a thing he has specific experience doing. And, again, this is a guy who's familiar with the way the organization has worked. So if you are inclined to, to put your faith in the Brewers analytics department and the role they played in that transformation, then Chris Hook has access to all the same resources and probably a fair amount of the same ability to translate it to his players, especially guys that he coached as they came up through the minors.
1: Kind of interesting that the two, you know, they they made a few tweaks to the staff, but the, the headlines were a new pitching coach and a new hitting coach and each of these coaches, their stories are a little bit different, but they kind of start in the same place. I mean, you got a couple guys who have coaching experience in independent ball, and guys who have been in independent ball means they started as someone who began broadcasting baseball in independent ball. I, I can attest to this. That that means you're starting at the absolute lowest levels, and you are fighting your way up to try to advance your career. Is there something about the attitude that you have to have to be that person who starts there and gets to this point that you think the Brewers like?
2: Well, I think the Brewers may have found a, a little bit of an inefficiency here, or inefficiency here across baseball because um, these guys, you know, and I, I wrote about this in the piece about Chris Hook, um, these longtime minor league guys, this used to be the past. To becoming a big league coach and as time has gone by that has changed um it is now more and more difficult to advance to the mlb level from the minor league ranks and so for the brewers to pick up a couple of guys uh, who have taken that path um bucks the trend a little bit across baseball there is more and more of a trend of this jobs like this going to recent former players um or guys who did not come up via the, the traditional means um, the Brewers are taking a, a step in a different direction. Maybe they're going to find some guys that teams would have overlooked um, as the, the coaching development process has shifted a little bit.
1: It is, and I can talk to this personally that There, there is a minor league bias in baseball I can say you work in the Midwest League, let's let's talk about broadcasters for a second, you work in the Midwest League where Chris Marion is a really, really good broadcaster he's been with the Timber Rattlers for a long time and then you look across the entire league there's a lot of guys in the Midwest League that are there now that were there almost 10 years ago when I was working in the league and then I was in the Pacific Coast League at AAA, there's a ton of guys who are still there right now who were there I guess 8 years ago when I, when I started started uh, in that league. And part of the reason that I, I moved to Milwaukee to take the Brewers postgame job is I, I see a sense as somebody myself who wants to be a major league play by play guy. I see this thing with even broadcasters where if you've been around the major leagues, you've got kind of a better shot at being in the minor leagues. And I think you can say the exact same thing about, you know, coaches and, and staff and what I, I would hear it from PR people in the minor leagues, how they would uh, apply for like a number five PR spot with a major league team and they wouldn't even get a sniff it's it it is kind of odd and i know this isn't brewer specific but you brought it up so i thought i would i'd bring it up as well it is kind of odd how at times there is a bit of a minor league bias
2: yeah i think that's probably true i I think you know the the folks who are around the big leagues every day um the familiarity that is there has given them a, a leg up Uh, when these jobs come available. And that's probably not fair uh, to a lot of the folks that are in those positions in the minors and would be great fits for MLB positions. Um, But that is kind of the way it's come to work. And so I I do think we've seen an adjustment period in regards to
1: that. At what point in time do you really start looking at the numbers that are being put up in Cactus League games and start to say, okay, this means something?
2: Um, You know, I think... I would almost love if you could get a Cactus League scoreboard every day that shows what the score of games were after four innings uh, because really when you're looking at and I mean if you look at the box scores from the Brewers games these last couple weeks uh, when the tone of a game changes after the fourth or fifth inning when the regulars come out and you're starting to see you know some of the guys who probably will not be big leaguers at least in the short term and maybe not at all this year I don't know if that's actually all that telling uh, and I was just I happen to have the leaderboard up because I was working on, it, working on something else for a story. You know, the guys who are at-bats leaders for the Brewers so far this spring, you're talking about a collection of guys that I don't think anybody expects to be regular big leaguers during the season. And so, you know, wins and losses certainly do not matter, um, specifically. You know, looking at the Brewers, I'm going back to that point about the at-bats leaders right now. I have this conversation, the top six, uh, Tyrone Taylor, Nate Orff, Lucas Sirsig, who's having a really nice spring, Corey Ray, Tyler Saldino, and Jacob Nottingham. Um, None of those guys are likely to be opening day Brewers. And so when you're looking at the results, you have to bear in mind that you're getting an awful lot of playing time from guys who are not going to be um, a big part of the roster and guys who are probably not going to be a factor in the team's success this year. And so for the Brewers, a team that's kind of taking it slow with their veterans, a team that hasn't played Lorenzo Kane a whole lot, a team that hasn't played Christian Yelich a whole lot, a team that hasn't played Ryan Braun at all, Uh, it's perhaps not surprising. They've stumbled out of the gate a little bit. And really, I mean, uh, unless you get a catastrophically bad spring training, I'm reminded of one a few years ago where I think the Astros won something like two or three games in the entire spring. Um, I really don't think it becomes a story. I think on March 27th, when the the records turn over, um, past that day, we really do not remember very often who won the Cactus League.
1: Yeah, Jeff and Lane on the radio broadcast yesterday were joking about the fact that Nate Orff had played in – all but two spring training games, and the only reason he hadn 't played in those two games was because they were split squad games, so basically he 's right. out there playing every single day i 've always thought i 've always kind of had two thoughts on spring, one especially at this point we 're still early on in spring training. Good numbers mean something bad numbers don 't mean anything good numbers mean you 're where you 're wanting to be bad numbers mean it 's spring you 're supposed to try to continue to work and get better and i 've also thought the only time that really individual numbers matter is when you've got two guys battling for you know, that 24th and 25th roster spot or four guys battling for 24 and 25. Then you look at their springs, but outside of that, those numbers don't really matter.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably true. And I think to tack on to that, there are certain types of players that are really built to succeed in the Cactus League. Um, where it, it would be, um, you look at you know, guys who fastball hunt really well, Um, are always going to succeed in an environment where, A, it's really dry, and so the breaking balls don't work as well. You're a little bit at elevation, and guys are just trying to throw strikes. And so it's not surprising to me, um, not to single out a guy like Corey Ray, but a guy like Corey Ray, who has shown impressive power numbers in the minors and has kind of a, a big swing and a big swing and miss game, it doesn't surprise me that he has found some pitches to hit for power this spring. Uh, I I feel like this environment was perhaps perfectly suited to be a place where Corey Ray is really going to succeed. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, you have to take some of those factors into account, especially when you guys who are playing late in games. Um, You have to, early in spring, remember that they are facing guys who maybe were brought along to be just-in-case pitchers. They're facing the seventh or eighth pitcher in a game. Um, Really, yeah, these these numbers don't start to matter a lot until, A, you get enough sample size to really look at it towards the end of the month, Um, and B, you really start to get close enough to opening day uh, where you're starting to see starting pitchers a little more often, you start to see guys using their entire arsenal, and you're starting to see um, more of an effort to win on a day-to-day basis.
1: Your most recent piece in the Shepherd Express, you focus in on three individuals who may or may not make the team, who may or may not have uh, an impact as the year goes along. Probably that's more applicable to the uh, to the first name, who may not make the opening day roster. But uh, in your piece, you go with three individuals in Mauricio Dubon, Chase Anderson, and Matt Albers. Uh, what made you decide to focus on those three specifically?
2: Well, I think when you look at the Brewers' top prospect list, uh, starting with Dubon, Dubon was the kind of the top prospect who has a clear path to the majors at this point, Um, now that the Brewers have signed Mike Loustakis and probably closed the door for the short term on Keston Hira. And so I was very curious to see what Dubon could do this spring, because there is a scenario um, where he turns out to be the Brewers' best option at shortstop. If something were to happen to Orlando Arcia, or if Arcia were to struggle this spring again to the point where he needed to go back to the minors again or wasn't able to be an everyday shortstop at this point, um, Mauricio Dubon would be high upon the list of candidates to replace him. Now, with that said, um, almost immediately after I wrote that piece, we got the news that Dubon had been hospitalized and was sick. He has since lost about 15 pounds. Uh, the Brewers, he's back in camp, but the Brewers have said it's going to be about a week before you even see him back in game activity. Uh, so the narrative around him has shifted a little bit, because now it's not even clear if he'll be ready to start the season at AAA, much less in the big leagues. But I still think, um, he is a guy the Brewers have a very vested interest at this point, um, uh, because if shortstop does turn out to be a position of need, he would be one of the top guys with an opportunity to fill in there. Now, Chase Anderson, uh, we've talked about Chase Anderson a fair amount, Um, He's a guy who came into camp as the opening day starter last spring, uh, pitched himself out of a job in September, got left off the playoff roster, and now finds himself in a camp with an awful lot of candidates for the starting rotation and really probably for the first time in quite a while really needing to win a job. Um, This is a, a guy who you could see missing the opening day roster or who you could see the Brewers deciding to move on from if he cannot um, find a way around. Now, there have been some really great stories written this spring about some of the adjustments he have made, he's made, um, some of the, the challenges that he has dealt with. Um, but he's a guy who needs to come out and have a nice spring. Um, because if he were to continue the trend he had shown in his first couple outings where he really struggled with the home run ball, I think it would raise some pretty serious questions about what's left in the tank for Chase Anderson and how much of a risk the Brewers can afford to take on him in a year they're trying to contend. And speaking of guys with, you know, relatively troubling recent track records on a team that's trying to contend, the Brewers have already said Matt Albers has a job on the opening day roster. Um, But you kind of have to squint to see it right now, especially, I mean, the Brewers signed so many guys with invitations to spring training this year. They have so many pitchers on their 40-man roster. Um, Until that first wave of cuts comes in, there's 31 pitchers in camp right now. And so when you look at how much Matt Albers struggled down the stretch, it's really hard to believe that he is guaranteed to be one of the top seven or eight bullpen arms right now, Um, just when you look at the depth of competition. So he's a guy who it would be a big benefit to him if he could come out, have a couple solid outings this spring, really look like he's figured it out. Because he was a guy that was a big part of the Brewers' success in April, May, and June last year. Uh, But really, since June, he has been a guy that has been almost so poor that it's difficult to put him in games. Um, And so it's a very interesting decision for the Brewers to guarantee him a spot. And you have to wonder, if he comes out and struggles a little bit, and somebody has a hot spring, if they're going to be tempted to go back on that.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I thought yesterday, um, and I agree with everything that you just said, and uh, I want to go back to Chase Anderson for a moment. He did pitch well in sure. yesterday's game. Three innings, one hit, three strikeouts, one walk against spring training numbers. You you look at it as you know with with a grain of salt, but I thought yesterday. Yesterday, the entire starting lineup outside of Ryan Braun was in there, and then from a pitching standpoint, Chase Anderson and Zach Davies both pitch. Jay Jackson, who I think is a really interesting uh, possibility for this team, pitches as well. I, yesterday, for me, was kind of that first game where I looked at it, and I felt like some of these things matter. And I go back to Chase Anderson, that was a good performance for him in a spring that, like you mentioned, you know, we just talked about numbers maybe not mattering, but for a guy like Anderson who is competing for a job, he's got to have days like yesterday. Yesterday.
2: Yeah, I think you know we can go back and forth about how much the numbers matter in spring, but for a guy like Anderson who had struggled with a very specific thing in 2018, uh, when he came out in 2019 and his first two outings led to three home runs, um, that is alarming because it's a sign of the exact same trend that he is trying to buck. Now, to come out and have you know, three scoreless innings yesterday, that's a big step forward for him. It's a solid bounce-back outing, and it probably keeps him in the conversation for now. Um, and, yeah, you have to hope that as spring goes by, um, Chase Anderson is one of the guys that you can count on um, as kind of in the, uh, quote-unquote, just working on stuff category. He's coming in camp to work on a new delivery. There are going to be some hiccups in that. There are going to be some struggles with that. But he needs to show progress over the course of the spring with that new delivery. Otherwise, it just becomes a new thing he's trying him you him know, even more of a question mark as you approach opening day. So, yeah, for him to come out and have a positive outing yesterday to look like his mechanics were back in line, to look like he was able to locate well and to have some success, that's a very big deal for him. Um, As he approaches, I would say he probably has an inside track on a spot in the rotation, but he's not guaranteed one at this point. Um, And that's a thing he still has to work to earn.
1: Take me through what you're working on right now for uh, future pieces.
2: Yeah, I have a story I'm working on uh, today for Shepard Express. Um, We're talking a little bit about Hernan Perez. who has had a a few nice hits already this spring Um, and revealed the news that he has played through a bone chip at his wrist all of last season when he had a a really down year. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the challenges that go with guys trying to play through injury Um, in an era where I think we're perhaps more informed than ever about the fact that trying to be in there every day probably doesn't lead to being as effective as you could be. Um, I want to look at some of the challenges that are set up um, by guys handling themselves that way, um, some alternatives of how it's been done well in other places.
1: Very good. He is Kyle Loebner. You can uh, read him uh, all over the place, Timber Rattler, Shepherd Express. Follow him on Twitter as well, where he always links to his pieces, at by Kyle Loebner. Kyle, thanks so much for taking some time, and next time we talk, we're going to be talking about uh, games that matter, so I certainly look forward to that.
2: I'm looking forward to it as well. Thank you.
1: Kyle Loebner joining us here on Brewers x Trains, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Let's look ahead to what the Brewers have coming up this week as they continue spring training. Monday is an off day. Uh, they will travel to the Rockies on Tuesday, home against the Diamondbacks on Wednesday, at the White Sox on Thursday, uh, home against the Diamondbacks on Friday. Saturday, they've got split squad, one at the A's, the other split squad uh, at the Angels, and then Sunday, they're back at home against the Cubs as far as the broadcast schedule for this week. You can hear Tuesday's game at Colorado in Scottsdale. That's going to be on 94.5 ESPN-FM. Then Wednesday taking on Arizona in Maryville. That will be on WTMJ. Friday um, is going to be on WTMJ as well against Arizona. Saturday at Oakland on WTMJ. And then Sunday against the Cubs will be on 94.5 ESPN-FM. You can always find the Brewers' spring training broadcast schedule at WTMJ.com. Do you want to say thank you to Kyle Loebner for joining us? We look forward to talking to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile.
0: Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.